Welcome to Brain Wellness, the podcast. I'm your host, Mandy MP. Each episode will bring you a new topic or interview related to brain health and wellness as part of my mission to help you on the path to a healthier, happier brain. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Brain Wellness, the podcast. Today is going to be a little bit of a shorter show. Uh, I don't have a guest on with me today. You just have me. Um, So I am not going to be talking for half an hour plus today. Um, However, um, I'm still working on securing more interviews uh, for more guests to be on the show because I still have a lot of topics on concussion that I would like to cover before we move on to general brain health topics that we normally cover here on the show. Um, However, uh, that said, last week I had my friend Susie on here with me. We talked about the social anxieties related to concussion, and she and I have both been dealing with some headaches this week, so I thought I would come on and talk briefly a little bit about concussion-related headaches. So um, as you, most of you know, or many of you know, I did write a book last year on how to treat migraines, because that's something that I've had since a teenager and something that I've dealt with with my patients for the last several several years, many years as a nurse practitioner in neurology. And this headache that you have after a concussion is so very different from typical migraines. And I can speak on that from personal experience uh, as my headaches now do not have the same characteristics that they did when I had migraines. So to kind of to start the show off a little bit, let's talk about what a migraine is. And migraines typically involve one side of the head, um, usually starts on one side of the head, and it can go global, meaning it encompasses the entire head. Uh, Most people have one side of the head that it starts on and not necessarily both. Mine in particular could start on either the left or right side, um, but most people have one side that it typically generates from. That headache tends to be a throbbing headache, pounding headache. Um, again, usually involves one side of the head. It can involve the whole head, but it's usually one side of the head. And uh, there is there are some other symptoms that come along with it, including light sensitivity, sound sensitivity, nausea. Sometimes people get so nauseous that they throw up with their migraine headaches. And the best way to treat it is to go into a dark room. Uh, there are abortive medications such as triptan medications that are very helpful for knocking that migraine out if you catch it right away. Some people have an aura before the migraine starts, meaning they have some sort of sensory or visual or uh, otherwise symptom prior to the headache starting. So that gives them a little bit of a warning. And they can actually take that abortive medication during that aura time, and it actually will prevent the headache from kicking in completely. My aura was always that I would start yawning and I didn't learn this for many years into my migraines, but I would start yawning kind of uncontrollably and I wasn't really tired. And then the headache would come on. And if finally, after that happened several times, I was able to realize, oh yeah, that's my aura. Um, but that's kind of the, the, the quick and dirty on migraines that there's a whole lot more on what they are and what causes them in that book that I wrote last year, Migraine Help from Unicorn Nurse Practitioner. Again, me being a unicorn nurse practitioner, just because I uh, am a unicorn, I'm a, a bit of a unique person, and I still, to this day, am feeling that um, because I'm a bit more unique on the concussion side of things as well. All of my providers keep telling me that um, I'm a little bit more complicated than than their other TBI concussion patients. So not necessarily something that you want to be, but here I am living the dream. 
So what defines a post-concussive headache? Um, it falls into that category of post-concussive syndrome, where people can have lots of chronic issues after a concussion that last longer than they typically would and longer than you would expect. Most people's headaches after they have a concussion will resolve within weeks. Some take months. And then if it goes on longer than that, it's considered a chronic headache. And so that's where I have been sitting in that chronic headache world as well. And the characteristics are a little bit different. Um, some people that have migraines, uh, excuse me, the post-concussive headache will have light sensitivity, sound sensitivity all the time, such as the case with me. Uh, so it's not really that you can identify that that's specifically there with the headache because it sometimes is there all the time, regardless of whether or not the headache is present. So that light sensitivity, sound sensitivity isn't quite the same. And post-concussive headaches, they can have, you know, if, you, if you Google it and you look online, it's there's a lot of different descriptions and there are a lot of different pictures for where the pain can happen on the head. Mostly when you hear stories of people that have these post-concussive headaches, it's the entire head that's that feels the pain and pressure. And it's not a throbbing, it's not an aching pain. Uh, normally with like a, a uh, tension headache, it's more of a kind of an ache or a rubber band around the head. And then migraine, you get the throbbing, but the post-concussive headache is just pressure. And it feels like your brain is swelling and it's just pushing out on all sides of your skull, essentially. Um, I've told people that kind of feels like you get hit upside the head with a baseball bat. And I know what that feels like because that was one of my first concussions as a kid. Uh, so I know exactly what that feels like, but it's just intense pressure in your head. And it can even be intense pressure behind your eyes um, in the sockets themselves so that you have eye pain and pressure with this post-concussive headache also. So the pain feels very different. It responds differently. It does not necessarily respond to the same type of migraine treatments. So I know personally, I tried my tryptan medications a couple of times with no effect on the headache because it really wasn't the same kind of headache that I was treating. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how to prevent those and um, and how to, to treat them when they happen. Um, actually, let me back up for just a second. One other reason um, that people have concussions after after a, con or excuse me, the headaches after a concussion is because of the autonomic system, autonomic nervous system being kind of out of whack. So uh, with that, the fight or flight, so your autonomic nervous system is split into two categories typically, your rest and digest, your parasympathetic, or your fight or flight, the sympathetic nervous system. A lot of people after concussion will have an overactive sympathetic nervous system. So that fight or flight is there all the time. So you're getting this headache because of the fight or flight, that, that sympathetic nervous system response. So a lot of the things that we're going to talk about for treating that or preventing that is going to be related to trying to calm down that sympathetic nervous system. So let's kind of get into the prevention, the, the big pieces for what can you do on a regular basis? Some of these are going to be similar to what I talk about with migraine prevention, uh, pretty much the same kind of things, but it's really, really beneficial for somebody whose brain is trying to heal from a concussion. The first one being water intake, making sure that you stay hydrated. And I've always, as a health coach uh, years ago, I always used to tell people you should drink half your body weight in ounces of water. So take your body weight in pounds, divide that by two. That's how many ounces of water you should have. I love my Nalgene. No, I don't get paid by Nalgene, but my big uh, one liter bottle, uh, that's 32 ounces. So you can easily kind of figure out how many of those you need in a day 
based on your weight and uh, making sure that you get that water. What counts as water? I've talked about this before on the show, anything that doesn't have caffeine. So none or decaffeinated teas, decaffeinated coffee, sure. Once you add the caffeine, it's actually dehydrating. So you don't want to get the caffeine in there, but water, broth, things that are clear um, that don't have caffeine in them, that counts as your water intake. Sleep. This is a big one for somebody whose brain is trying to recover from a concussion and TBI. You need to make sure that you're getting at least eight to nine hours of sleep at night, if not more than that, naps during the day if you need it. This is not the time to say, oh, my body always runs on four or five hours of sleep and I can do just fine because the brain needs to heal. We, our brain heals while we're sleeping. So trying to get that regular sleep is going to be really, really important for trying to prevent those headaches. It's not going to prevent all of them, but it certainly is going to help your brain try to recover from some of that. Eating regularly, and this is something that I've struggled with because since the accident, I do not have much of an appetite. So it's not a matter of of necessarily overeating or anything else. It's you want to make sure that you're just eating regularly. So make sure that you're getting breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks if you need them. Uh, now is not the time to try to go to a, a fasting state or or intermittent fasting. Not a great time to try to do those things when your brain is trying to heal from a concussion. Regular intake of food, proteins especially, um, some of those healthy carbs, healthy fats, so avocado, uh, avocado oils, fish oils, things like that. Those are going to be the healthy things that your brain needs. Your brain is largely made up of fat. So now is not the time to do the no fat diets either because your brain needs that to heal. So eating regularly, set an alarm on your phone if you need to, write it in your calendar. That's what I've had to do is actually put it on my calendar to remind myself to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Dinner is always a given because we have it with the family, but I was missing lunch and missing breakfast on a regular basis because I just wasn't hungry. And then I would forget to eat. Um, Not something you'd normally hear people saying, but I would forget to eat. Another thing for prevention is decreasing and managing stress. So after you have a concussion or TBI, there's going to be stress involved, especially if you go into a chronic state and you're not back to your normal activities, you're starting to have financial issues that causes stress in the household. And so there's going to be stress. So trying to decrease it as much as possible, involve your family so that they can help out with activities around the house, so that they can help out with financial means, so they can help you make decisions because even decision-making is going to be a stressful activity when your brain is trying to heal from a concussion, especially. So decreasing as much as possible and for whatever you can't decrease, learning to manage that stress. So if you need to take Uh, anti-anxiety, antidepressant medications to help with some of that stress, this might be a time for that, even a short period of time. It doesn't have to be a long-term medication, but something to help you out during this time frame if you can't manage it in other ways. And then the other thing that kind of goes along with that is regular exercise. Exercise has always been my go-to for stress management, for my coping skill. And when I was having a lot of vestibular issues, balance issues, exercise, regular exercise was not a thing that was in my daily regimen anymore. But where regular exercise can look however it needs to look for you. It can be going for a short walk every day. It can be actually doing lift, uh, weightlifting, doing some cardio if you can. If you're having balance issues, you need to be mindful of that so that you're not overstretching yourself and causing more injuries by potentially falling if you are having those balance issues, but getting some sort of regular exercise in. Again, that in itself 
is a really good antidepressant and a really good stress management tool. So find something that you enjoy that you can do regularly that's going to be safe for you at the time. I have intermittently tried to get exercise back in and um, have been intermittently successful. I'm trying it again, almost nine months in here to my accident recovery. Um, I will get there eventually. That's one of my main things that I've always loved to do. So not, I know not everybody loves exercise, but it is really good for you. So those are kind of your lifestyle things that you're doing all of the time. The other thing that I'm really big on is supplements. And I talk about supplements a lot for migraine treatments or prevention, and they also work for uh, post-concussive headache prevention as well. I forgot to take my supplements for a long time. So once I started taking them again on a regular basis, that was helping to decrease the severity and the frequency of my headaches also. So one of my big favorites is magnesium. There are several different forms of magnesium. Excuse me. The magnesium oxide tends to cause a little bit more stomach upset. So you can't go as high up on the dose as you can with some other forms. Magnesium glycinate tends to be my favorite and magnesium works best at night. However, that said, magnesium is also a really good rescue medication. So if you're having a really bad headache, you can add a dose of magnesium to try to knock down that headache when it happens. It also works for migraines, does work for post-concussive headaches as well. The omega-3s. So make sure that you're taking a really good fish oil on a daily basis if you're not getting a lot of fish in your diet. Some people don't like fish, so taking a fish oil supplement is your next best option. <clears throat> The next thing along with that is riboflavin, your B2 vitamin. And a lot of people will say, well, can I just take a B complex? Yes and no. The B complex vitamins have so little actual of each of, of the B vitamins that it's not always beneficial. When you're talking about migraine or post-concussive headache prevention, you're going to want a little bit higher dose than you would get in that uh, that uh, B complex vitamin. So taking a B2 by itself is going to be the most beneficial thing. Along with that, um, if those supplements are not helping you, and I, I take a bunch of other ones too, I take uh, vitamin B6, I take a B12, I take uh, vitamin D is also helpful for, for headache prevention. Um, curcumin, uh, also known as turmeric, that's a cooking spice. It comes in a, a pill form as well. So you can take that to decrease any inflammation. Uh, and that works for any inflammatory condition, but also for headaches. So lots of different supplements that I like. Those are all in my pill box. So I take them on a daily basis to try to prevent those headaches. And if I forget them, I know it because that headache does come back. Um, so it's definitely a, something to take on a regular basis. If those supplements are not helping, then it's time to talk to your provider about prescription preventive medications. The same ones that we would talk about for migraine prevention, that can include um, cardiac medications like beta blockers. It can include antidepressant medications. And there are some anti-seizure medications that also work for headache prevention. There are lower doses than they, than they would be used for those other ailments typically. Um, but those are good options for people. We tried some of those. I had side effects. And so I'm sticking my supplements, but it certainly could potentially be beneficial for you. Other things to look at would be complementary therapies. So uh, what I love about medicine is that we've got a typical Western medicine, and then there is 
our non-typical outside the box, anything else other than Western medicine. And those things are our complementary therapies often is what we refer to them as. Um, so use of massage, biofeedback, acupuncture, any of those things would be considered complementary therapies. And there's so many other therapies coming up, such as the things that, that I'm doing now, uh, like red light therapy and structured use of structured water. Those things, when I added those, were game changers for me a couple of months ago, which really, really knocked down my headaches. Because still at that point, when I started doing the, the red light and the structured water and the cranial laser, those things, I was having headaches daily from the moment I would wake up in the morning to the moment I went to bed at night. A lot of it was related to my visual issues with my concussion, but those headaches were there and they were severe all the time. When I added the red light, the structured water, the transcranial laser, that knocked down my headache while I was sitting in the chair at the clinic. So that was huge for me um, and could potentially be huge for you as well. I know those centers are hard to find around around um, around the country and here in the United States and potentially uh, where you are if you're listening outside of the United States. Uh, sometimes you might have a little bit more access to that than, than we do here in the U.S., but uh, definitely something that is that can be hard to find when you need it. So finding a good uh, therapist, good clinic that has that where you can access it would be hugely beneficial. There are some home red light machines as well. Um, I found one years ago on Amazon uh, that was beneficial for my sinus issues. I keep forgetting to try it for my headache, but that's a, a potential as well. Um, and But there are a lot of clinics around that do have just red light therapy, whole body red light therapy. That would be an option to look into those as well. So definitely a good, uh, good thing to look for. So what happens when you have a really bad headache at the moment? You've done all these things or tried to do all these things for prevention. What can you do at the moment to try to get rid of that, that headache if you're dealing, again, with these post-concussive headaches? The best thing you can do is get into a quiet environment. A lot of these headaches come from overstimulation. So if things are too loud, there are too many people, too many conversations, too many bright lights, sounds, smells, whatever, the body tends to be really overstimulated easily in this post-concussive state. So uh, trying to get into a quiet environment away from all that stimulus is going to be the most beneficial thing. Um, I have found that either noise-canceling headphones or noise-canceling um, uh, earbuds also work. Uh, so those are really good for kind of trying to cut down on the noise in the area that you're in, but you need that visual stimulation decreased as well. Um, during the moment when you have the headache, and this has been very beneficial for me on several occasions is using cold therapy. Um, so like a cold back to cold pack to the back of the neck, to the forehead. Um, I've even taken just ice cubes and run them over my face or a cool washcloth and wiped my face and, and kind of chest and neck area down. And that has helped to decrease. Again, some of that comes from that fight or flight response. If you're overstimulated, if you're over, over sens sensory overload, that cold kind of shocks you back out of that, that overstimulation state. So that can really help to decrease the headache at the moment. And I found that helpful on many occasions. Um, deep breathing and relaxation, kind of focusing on breath work can be really helpful at the time. Again, because of that fight or flight state, you're trying to calm your breathing, doing some relaxation with that. Um, during one of my, my PT sessions, my heart rate got going up. I started getting headache and sweaty and we stopped. We went into the, the PT room instead of uh, where we were doing the, the exercise part of it. 
We went back in the PT room. I laid down on the table. We decreased the lights and we put on some relaxing music just to kind of talk me through a little relaxation. And that helped tremendously as well. So something like that. Along those lines, I have found at home using 8D music, eight dimensional. So think of 3D when you put on those glasses and you go to a movie and it feels like everything's coming out of the screen at you. With 8D music, you are feeling like you're in the middle of this music going back and forth. And the best way to listen to it is either with headphones in um, or headphones on, earbuds, whatever. Or you can take your phone and lay it sideways under your chin, on your, on your chest even. And you will hear the music rushing from one side to the other. It will go to the left and then it'll kind of sway back to the right. And it goes back and forth. And that helps to kind of shock your brain out of that overstimulation phase also. So that 8D music can be super helpful. I found it in lots of different genres, whether it's like nature sounds or actually popular music going into that 8D um, I have Apple Music, so I can pull it up on there. I know you can get it on YouTube. You can get it just about anywhere. But making sure that you that you uh, place the, the phone correctly if you're using your phone or use your headphones so that you get that full effect. I tried listening in the car one time. It did not work because you don't get the back and forth between the, the speakers. Also, uh, something that I found very beneficial and that I've uh, recommended to friends that are in the same situation is when you have the headache, a lot of times it's there again, because we aren't getting the good foods. We aren't getting the good hydration. So protein at the time of the headache and electrolytes. Um, again, I'm not getting paid by liquid IV, but that's what I tend to use because it's easy. I know they have other versions like that, um, but getting those electrolytes in and getting some protein in at the time of the headache, that can really cut it down to, again, because often we're not getting the nutrition that we need because of decreased appetite, nausea, whatever the case may be. Um, so that's where eating regularly could help. But if you're not getting that, treating it at the time with the, the protein and the electrolytes is also super, super helpful. So I hope you found something beneficial in all these tips and tricks today. Uh, that uh, mostly is from what I do on a regular basis. I did have to look a little bit up. It takes me a little bit longer to do the research stuff right now because bullet points are my friend. Sentences are not. <laughs> so that's that. If you have a topic that you would like me to cover, you have questions uh, related to concussion. At this point, I still want to focus on concussion TBI for a few more weeks because, like I said, there's there's so many more topics that I would love to cover. If you have recommendations on a topic or a person that I should reach out to to get them on the show, I would gladly take those recommendations. You can message me on social media um, or send an email uh, via my website. Any way that you want to contact me, I would be glad to take any of those recommendations that you have. Otherwise, uh, come on back next week and see what we have in store for the next several uh, episodes. Thanks for listening today. Hope you guys have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Brain Wellness, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to subscribe, like, and share this with others to help me continue on with my mission to help people live healthier, happier lives. Go to www.brainwellnesssolutions.com to see what I'm up to and get links to all the social medias there. See you next time.